You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Time to fire up the VCR. This one's my favorite. Welcome, Nanolog Jones in the Temple of Film. I'm Steve. And I'm Brad. I'm a longtime listener and a first-time contributor. And this is going to be terrible because I've never done this before. No, you'll be fine. Uh, we'll, we'll figure it out. But what we're doing this week is we're doing uh, a comparison of how to do a military recruitment movie for pilots. Yes, it's a military kind of, I would say, a indoctrination movie. We're going to compare and contrast Iron Eagle and Top Gun, where one of them got it right, and one of them did not quite get it right. Shall we begin? How to and how not to. Yes. So, yeah, we have Brad here. Brad, why don't you explain a little bit of your military background? Well, I was a child of the 1980s. Um, I didn't watch Disney videos growing up. Um, All the movies I ever watched were from the earliest memories I have. Or Commando, Predator, Beastmaster, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. There were no Disney videos in our house. There were no boobies in our house. But as long as there was like communists getting killed, that was fine. Uh, yeah, so, that's pretty much the '80s all yeah. wrapped up. Uh, if you want to be a man, you got to kill aliens and red. Yeah, so you can kill communists and aliens just yeah. without without remorse. That's what we do. That's what we were trained. Like a lot of people who weren't an '80s baby, save their '90s baby. Because I, I remember the, like, slight recruitment movies, or, like, the fear. The, I, now, I was born in 82, so I got it in the late 80s, and then, of course, the Berlin Wall fell. But we were at a party last night, a little party, and we were talking about how, like, we used to watch some stuff in our, like, conservative background states of Missouri and Omaha, where it's just like, the Russians could get us at any time. Well, and we were worried about that. We had, yeah. you know, we had the you know, Offutt Air Force Base there too, which is a target, which the Strategic Air Command was there. So that was like a big issue for us at the time. And you know, that was a nice thing about the Soviet Union was a pretty evil organization in and of itself. But it was kind of nice back then to have an issue that both sides of the aisle that they could agree on. Yeah, kill the Russians, kill the goddamn <laughs> communists. When it was Reagan versus. Uh... Gorbachev? Yeah. Yeah, that's always what it was. It's in, you know, and we finally got someone in there who could do something. Yeah. Reagan! Yeah. <laughs> He's the man. Oh, I remember that oh, shit. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. And, and that comes up in one of our movies. Yes. And now, it's interesting, between these two movies, one of them does have a little political flair. Yes, it does. It just throws a little bit of, a little cheap shot out at, uh, at Jimmy Carter there. Yeah, and that's, that's Iron Eagle. But Top Gun, on the other hand, just sticks to, like, testosterone. It's like, you know, I and mean, Top Gun really does a great job of capturing the, the rampant testosterone when you go to these professional military education opportunities. Because these things, they are a zero-sum game when you go to these events. It's like, if you win, somebody else has to lose. There's not, you can't all win. So there's one winner and 20 other people who are not winners. So it is charged. There was no participation trophies? There is not that sort of thing, and it is, and, and and let me tell you, I mean, if you want to like get a picture of what my life has really become or how it really panned out, just watch Top Gun. I mean, 
even to the point where my wife even looks like Kelly McGillis. Yeah, she's uh, it's it's funny. <laughs> when you said that last night, I was like, oh shit, yeah, I could see that. <laughs> she's got like the dirty blonde hair yeah. and the yeah, okay, yeah. That's um, when we get how long were you in the Air Force? I did active duty service for eight years, eleven months. So wow, you like about... have it down to the month. <laughs> almost almost nine years yeah. yeah just got to that point where so if you want to stay in another nine you're going to be a lifer and i was just burned out from it so you were huge into watching this when you were younger oh jesus was, yes yeah, top gun I've i'm holding this. up top gun i'm an instructor at this school i see 20 new hot shots every eight weeks i just don't want anyone to know that i've fallen for you lieutenant i can't hear you i can see it's dangerous for you but if the government trusts me Maybe you could. This is going to be complicated. Tom Cruise, Kelly McGillis, Top Gun, rated PG. So I'm going to let you take care of this VHS. Yes. Um, I'm also going to let you uh, describe the beautiful, uh, I don't know, little leaflet that was in it uh, when I get to it. And I'm going to get the shit show Iron Eagle. Yeah, so we're not here to dump on Iron Eagle, but I, let me tell you, they we were reviewing the budgets for both of these movies earlier, yeah. and actually Iron Eagle had a higher budget than Top Gun. Blows my mind. How is that possible? But back to what we were talking about. Well, yeah, with the budget, Iron Eagle was $18 million, And then when we looked up Top Guns, and this is both according to Wikipedia and IMDb, Top Gun was $15 million. Any of you listeners out there, go and watch Top Gun and Iron Eagle back-to-back. And you tell me, how the fuck is this possible? Because yeah. one is shot... I mean, obviously, Tony Scott. but So it's kind of hard, because he's like you know, one of the most pinnacle 80s and early 90s directors of all time. Uh, and, and then you get... I don't even know the dude who did Iron Eagle. Uh, it's... Sydney J. Fury, so I don't know. Adam Greenberg was his cinematographer, which I don't know much about Adam Greenberg. Iron Eagle is shot a little bit above, we're talking, a little bit above a TV movie. Yeah, I'd say above a Lifetime movie. And then Top Gun is like one that every It's a cinematic masterpiece. Yeah. I mean, that is just... It, but it, you think about it, I guess I should get back on the topic here first. Well, here, here, before we get into it, let me open my free bird. Because I'm drinking American Pale Ale brewed right here in Chicago, Illinois. Right. Oh. And I'm drinking a I'm drinking a zombie dust by Three Floyds. If you'd like to sponsor the show, that'd be welcome. Or just give Steve free beer here. That'd also be good. But actually, that. the show is officially sponsored by Rock Hopper Brewing out in Syracuse, <laughs> Nebraska. And the reason I'm pitching Rock Hopper is that's my brother's brewery that he kind of set up to um, basically manipulate the, uh, the lax uh, tax system in the state of Nebraska. Thank you, Republicans. Fuck yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I got so the it does, I mean, we're going to get political. Yeah, here we go. We're already yeah, doing it. So we're already doing it. Well, we're it's we're fucking pitching '80s ultimate military movies. Oh yeah. Well, so, at least one's an ultimate military so movie. So this, the thing is, these movies, these propaganda recruiting videos, um, they work. The reason they make these is because they work, and I'm I'm living proof of that. These things work. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I mean, at least you admit it. Yeah. Okay, back to what I was going to read here. So, fasten your seatbelts and get ready to fly. Um, we need to show that Pepsi commercial at some point here. Oh, too, yeah. When, that we, thing, after we, when we pop in these tapes. I had forgotten yeah. that. I hadn't seen that in like 30 years, and I forgot how great of a commercial that is. It is. It's, ma- it's amazing. But, but the, yeah, Pepsi. what you're reading right now is when we 
took out the VHS and Top Gun, what popped out, and I did not know this was in here, was a leaflet of, like, you could fill it out and then win a bunch of shit merch from Top Gun. Yeah, and only for, like, nine ninety nine, you can get a Top Gun cap. I think these things probably sell, these authentic Top Gun caps probably sell for about 100 bucks a piece now, so. Oh, the originals? I bet they do, yeah. yeah. Bet. They're hard to come by, but, so here's the, here's the, the writing here. Fasten your seatbelt and get ready to fly. You're going to enjoy a movie of heroic proportions. Top Gun is about the best of the best and will provide hours of viewing pleasure for you and your entire family. And goddamn, did it ever fucking do that? Yeah, I know. Like, watching it, we watch, watch it with it, my family. Yeah. It's like they say shit, like, I think 94 times in the movie. And oh, really? I think we counted it one time. They don't say, like, fuck ever in it, but they say shit a lot. They say shit and a lot. That was okay. Like, you can't say fuck around my family, so... But yeah. we can say shit as much as you want. Just it's funny, conservative families like you can get way you can get away with dams, a lot of dams, yeah, some shits, some other choice words. But like uh, I remember the R word was used a lot. You know when our yeah. brothers we'd be yeah, <laughs> and that's even in, you were doing the review of like look who's talking, and that movie has not really aged well because they use the R word straight away. Like oh really? In one of those, yeah, and that's just you know just yeah. there's words that just probably don't need to be uttered anymore. It's just pointless you, yeah. know, you can get your point across without having to say it and yeah. that's one of them but uh with the uh, so on the tape uh, do you want to read the description on the back oh of yeah the top gun but by the way this leaflet uh, i'm gonna put a picture of it up on the i don't know maybe the facebook page maybe the geekscape you know page that we have there but it's awesome when i first saw it i'm like man i want that shit oh yeah uh, here we go in the back of the in the back of the vhs here so paramount pictures presents a don simpson jerry bruckheimer production okay there you go bruckheimer was he big at that point or was he just getting started yeah he was coming off of it wrote it too um yeah i mean obviously he did beverly hills cop i think right before this maybe and then he had did beverly hills cop 2 which he used tony scott for and then he used tony scott again for days of thunder oh well tony scott is just a genius though yeah but he also did flash dance right before this i mean jerry bruckheimer fucking owned it back of the vhs here a tony scott film tom cruise top gun kelly mcgillis val kilmer anthony edwards tom skerritt because they couldn't get burt reynolds <laughs> but tom skerritt's awesome i can't imagine anyone else besides tom Carrot tom skerritt playing viper yeah. in this movie though he's the perfect they didn't mention michael ironside in this for some reason you know what he was you know he was a canadian actor uh he'd come off scanners a couple years before maybe like three or four years before but this is the movie after this michael ironside becomes like the shit we get him in total recall oh yeah and he was awesome in total recall yeah it's well irons we, we know our thoughts on ironside that dude yeah. just fucking he's, brings it he's, oh yeah. just and then his best role i think ever was um starship troopers yeah, he's amazing. You monkeys want to live forever? Yes. Back to, I need to stay on task here. So, <laughs> music by, I didn't know this, Harold Faltermeyer. And he does, and this is, his music was amazing in this movie too. The guy just knocks it out of the park. Written by Jim Cash and Jack Epps. I mean, just awesome work, dudes. Produced by Don Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer. Directed by Tony Scott. A Paramount Picture. 1986 Paramount Pictures Corporation. All rights reserved. The description, the tagline here is a hip heart a hip, comma, heart-pounding combination of action, music, and incredible aerial photography helped make Top Gun the blockbuster hit of 1986. And all of that is true. Yeah. Top Gun takes a look at the danger and excitement that awaits every pilot at the Navy's prestigious 
Fighter Weapons School. Tom Cruise is superb as Maverick Mitchell, a daring young flyer who's out to become the best of the best. And Kelly McGillis sizzles as a civilian instructor, instructor who teaches Maverick a few things you can't learn in the classroom. Yeah. And we, yeah, we're going to talk yeah. about that later on. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting what they decided to yeah, do. That there. doesn't really translate well to the real world. Okay, I'm going to grab our Iron Eagle tape. Doug Masters, raised on an airbase, born to fly. Doug, it's your dad. He's been shot down. You know he ain't got a chance. Chappie Sinclair, the only man who can help Doug save his father's life. The Americans must die. The rescue the government can't risk, they will. They picked us up on radar. Too late for them now. Louis Gossett Jr., Jason Gitrick, Iron Eagle, rated PG-13. Starts Friday at a theater near you. Got right at the top. Uh, well, there's a lot more I noticed too when this comes out. Like Top Gun is just so confident. It just shows Tom Cruise being cool and Kelly McKinnon. You know, she's like, what's her last name? McGinnis? What I forgot. Kelly McGillis. McGillis. Uh, she's just like hanging on his shoulder, and it's got that badass logo. When you get to Iron Eagle, it's got Lou Gossick Jr. and Jason Gedrick like holding their helmets. With their like full stamp body stance of like we're badasses. He's almost glasses. like wearing dad jeans almost in that. Yeah, it basically is. He's got a tucked in t shirt. Not cool. Yeah, Not cool, who, dude. Yeah, who did that? Since like are we like in the nineteen sixties? Like yeah. got cigarettes in your in your pocket there or what? No. I'm surprised there wasn't more smoking in both of these movies. That was back when you could smoke indoors yeah. too. There was some smoking in the classroom where they just Yeah, like, just a little bit, but there wasn't um I don't know. That's kind of weird to me, but uh, and it's got like planes flying over them because it's letting you know, man, this is fucking action packed. Yes. Uh, so and the tagline, break the speed barrier. Whatever the fuck that means. Yeah. <laughs> then then uh, you turn to the back. We got three stills. It's what what's really weird is the front here. Jason um, Gedrick is clearly older because look at the stills. How young he is. Oh yeah, he's like. Looks like a 15-year-old kid, like, yeah. in that. So, I don't know when they decided to take the stills for this video. This makes me think, I wonder, I don't see a later date on it, no. I don't know, maybe they just took the stills after he matured a little? I don't know. Anyway, so we got a couple more taglines. Uh, well, I guess we got a short description. A captive father, a heroic son, a daring rescue mission. Uh, a rescue mission that could never really happen. Um, no. Here's the description on our Iron Eagle tape. High-flying, rapid-fire adventure in the tradition of Top Gun, starring Louis Cusick Jr. I love how they mentioned Top Gun on this, even though this technically well, came Top out Gun, before. Well, Top Gun, before Top Gun. Yeah. Well, the thing is, Top Gun, if you attach yourself in any fashion at all after Top Gun came out, like, remember we were talking about Aspen Extreme? Yeah. It's basically Top Gun at a ski school. Yeah, I mean, and then we just had so many Top Gun ripoffs that, like, went straight to video. We yes. even talked about one on this show, and I can't even remember the name of it. It's called, like, I don't know, Rapid... Fi I can't remember the oh. name. It was Rapid Fire or something. Who gives a shit? Uh, but There's, like, Firestorm or some shit where so, they're flying helicopters instead of jets, or I don't remember. It's like... Yeah, even the, even Nintendo games started to come out with, like, helicopter uh, airplane movies. Or airplane games, other than Top Gun, which is still the hardest movie to land a plane ever. But um, 
So we got Lou Gossick Jr., which they, they mentioned. He's an Academy Award-winning Best Supporting Actor from An Officer and a Gentleman, 1982. And I tell you, sorry to interrupt here, but I would tell you, Louis Gossett Jr., that guy is a professional, and he brings it in this movie. I mean, he gives his normal yeah, Academy Award-level performance in this movie. His camera presence is incredible. Like, when yes. he talks, you listen. Oh, yeah, he's got authority. He's got that gravitas level of authority there mm-hmm. that, you know, you listen to the guy talk. He's just a great actor. And it says, uh, with Jason Gedrick from TV's Murder One. I don't know what that is. Uh, yeah, that eludes me. Uh, Air Force pilot Colonel Ted Masters, which is Tim Thomerson, which is Jason Gedrick's dad in this, is shot down over a hostile Middle Eastern country and taken prisoner. We should make note that both of these movies, the enemies, are un... They're like It's, it's unclear, something? but they're, they're some, some, some kind of brown... We've got one that's some kind of maybe Russian or brown. And yeah, the well, other yeah, one some kind of dead. Russian or brown. Yeah. yeah, so as long as you're on either in the 80s, as long as they're brown or they're Russian. Or communists. Yeah, some kind of communist yeah, are good. You gotta kill them. Uh, anyway, Ted Masters is shot down over hostile Middle Eastern country and taken prisoner. The U.S. government is powerless to negotiate his release. With time quickly running out, Masters' teenage son, Doug, takes bold action. He enlists the aid of tough-as-nails reserve officer which is Lou Gossick Jr. uh, and they devise a daring military rescue mission to storm the skies extract vengeance oh exact I'm sorry exact vengeance on the evil captures and free Doug's father powered by dynamite aerial dogfight sequences a soaring rock soundtrack and thrilling edge of your seat action Iron Eagle has something for everyone says Janet Mason of the New York Times how much so did they pay Janet? They must have to made Jane and Jana got bribed by somebody. <laughs> uh, but I, it's like they're. You I, can mean, that's tell. What, I think that's what their intent was. Yeah, you can tell from the descriptions on the back. Like this one, Iron Eagles, like kind of like, listen, we're not kidding. We're cool. You need to watch us. Top Gun seems more like they just know it. They don't give a shit. Yeah, I'd like, say that. Yeah, now that you, know, you say it that way, I think you're absolutely correct. Yeah, yeah. a lot of these like. This obviously Iron Eagle isn't direct to video, but it's close enough. It might like, as well have been. They needed yeah. to make money on selling these units. And you can tell from their writing, they're like they're telling you a lot, like, this is action packed. We're going for a rescue mission. And I feel like Top Gun just didn't care. They're like, You're gonna want this looks slick, you know it's slick, you're gonna rent it. You're gonna yeah. own it. Well, you know what I think happened? We had talked about this last night, I believe. The Department of the Navy probably put this movie... Well, they didn't put this movie together, but they kind of got involved in the Top Gun movie, and I think the Department of the Air Force heard about it late on in the stages, and they're just like, fuck it, we gotta get something out there, fast! And yeah. they, they put somebody in charge of making this movie or getting this propaganda movie together, and they were in over their skis big time. And they're just like, fuck it, bring in Lewis Johnson Jr., he's awesome, and bring in fucking Tina Turner and King Cobra, because it's like... Top Gun had like Kenny Loggins at the time, who yeah, you know, he was he a was, god of yacht rock yeah. at the time. But you know he hadn't he'd done some soundtracks, I guess, for Caddyshack, and but he wasn't yeah, the Kenny did, Loggins we know today. When did he do um, Footloose? Was Footloose about the same time? It had to be around the same. Because totally Flashdance was like eighty four, uh, so I guess let's look it up. They're just like, God damn it, they got Kenny Loggins, bring me fucking Tina Turner right now. Yes. I mean, Tina Turner was legit, though. She was doing soundtracks for, like, you know, uh, Thunderdome and, and other... Yeah, I mean, she'd been singing since, what, the early 70s? So, in hindsight, you look at that, okay, well, I, I, I see your Kenny Loggins, I'll raise you a Tina Turner. Yeah, Footloose came out in 84, so... Okay, so he, did have, a, he did have a reputation as, like, the Hollywood soundtrack king at that point. 
Yeah, because then he turns around and does That's another right. song. If you want to, if you want to get a, if you want to get a very accurate depiction of Kenny Loggins' career trajectory, go Google the Yacht Rock channel on Channel One Hundred One. There's a very accurate, um, hist- totally historically accurate um, um, documentary of Kenny Loggins' career trajectory with uh, his interactions with Michael McDonald and uh, Steve Perry, and Skunk Baxter. Oh, I, I say that in jest. What a- what a career. It is a great it is a great series to watch though, Channel One O One, Yacht Rock. Alright, cool. I mean, yeah, I haven't watched it. I will though. It I mean, changed Kenny my Loggins life. It changed my life. <laughs> it changed your life. <laughs> so we put these tapes in, not at the same time because we would go cross eyed. But uh, I guess like comparing a lot of them, like when you look at the directors, one already top gun has the star power, the director power, and the producer power. But but you know what, to be fair Tom Cruise wasn't exactly like a household name yet. He had done Risky Business, which was a really popular movie, but it was it was a smaller movie that was popular, and he had done Legend, and he had done that football movie. Oh, yeah, I remember Legend. That had Tim Curry in it also, yeah. Pennywise the Clown, the first one. So, but this is the movie that made Tom Cruise a, like, a name oh, that every household oh, knew. Oh, yes, yes, absolutely. He just knocked out. And Anthony Edwards, too, was, in, was he in Revenge of the Nerds prior to this, or... Yeah, Afterwards. it was right before this. Then I think he did Top Gun and then Revenge of the Nerds 2. And then eventually in the 90s, he gets ER. But he had had, yeah. he had, had a rough go in the early 90s or like late 80s, early 90s. He couldn't find his rhythm. And then he becomes the doctor that everyone knows in America. Yes. So, I mean, yeah, a lot of these guys all, I mean, Val Kilmer's Iceman. And I, and I can't imagine... In any of these roles, I can't imagine a different person playing any of these roles at all because it's like no. they're all so great. Every single one of these actors just nails it. I mean, that's great directing, great acting. Yeah, and like to this day, it's funny how many people remember the call names. Everyone knows it's Maverick, Goose, Iceman, Jester, Viper. I mean, like, yeah, when was these... the last time you heard negative Ice? Negative Maverick, the pattern is full. Yeah, you know, like... that people still reference that stuff. Oh, I mean, the lines in this movie. And Top Gun is just incredible. It's like, what does he say to Slider? He's like, you stink. You stink, Slider. Slider, you stink. Crash and burn, huh, Mav? Yeah, like, it's just so... And everyone's so sweaty. Oh, and yeah, they're just gross. And the Slider is the grossest of the gross. And everyone here, dude. Yes. Slider is just gross. And every... I can tell you right now, Slider probably does stink in real life. I hope he's not listening. He's a great actor. Sorry. You've ever played Slider. I'm not Dude, trying to dunk on you right now. He's in incredible shape in this movie. Oh, he is ripped. And that's yeah. like and the the way those guys that volleyball scene. You can say what you want about the volleyball scene as far as like someone's sexual preference watching that. Yeah. Like but it, it that is really how these things go down. I mean, it is so much testosterone. I mean, it's like it's like little dogs trying to hump each other all the time. <laughs> Everyone's trying to establish. You're dominance. trying to establish dominance, and that's how you do it through little events like this. Yeah. So with this movie describing it, it's kind of, you know, we put this tape in, we immediately get the badass Pepsi Diet Pepsi commercial. This is X-Ray Tangle, one, two, seven. We're at Angels 11, bearing zero, nine, zero, over. Nice going, Mustang. With the pilot, like, he can't get his... He gets stuck in his yeah. little thing, and then he can't... He can, like, take the cap off, but he can't pull the bottle out, so he's got to roll this plane over to yeah. uh, pour out the Pepsi. And I had not seen that for 30 years. I'm like, God, I remember that. It's such a great commercial. He does that barrel roll yeah. to pour it out. I remember so much. Diet Pepsi and Diet Coke, the battles they had... 
of like trying to establish who is the best diet. I mean, and then you see TVs and like when you watch old TV shows from the 80s or old movies from the 80s and early 90s, like how many people are drinking Diet Pepsi or Diet Coke? It's just like a funny fight. It was full on fight. I remember back the shitty part of Nebraska I grew up in, like Diet Coke and Diet Pepsi come out and like, do the taste test. Which one do you like better? Yeah. You know, and it's like, oh, you chose Pepsi. Mm-hmm. Now I remember when If Pepsi- it was that important to like, I mean, if like part of the country I grew up in, if it's important all the way out there, I mean, that's real important shit. I remember it turned into like Michael Jackson was doing Pepsi. Yes. And then Coke started to come out with like the polar bears. Yeah. I think that was the mid-90s. I remember, I remember New yeah. Coke for a while, too. Oh, yeah. And I was that like, one failed miserably. But I was contrarian. Yeah. I'm like, I think New Coke's better, guys. Oh, oh, no. You were, like, going against everyone in school. Yeah. Like, Everyone's like, New Coke fucking sucks. <laughs> oh, Crystal Pepsi. That's the shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this movie comes on, and he's like, uh, I don't know, they get close to a MIG, right? Or they get... Yeah, MIG-28, which is not a real aircraft, by the way. All MIGs that actually fly in production or have odd numbers to them. This was explained to me at some point in my life. I could be totally just making this shit up, too. I don't know. But Fuck, it sounds Mikoyan Goyevich aircraft of the Soviet Union was intercepted by our two heroes of the movie. Yeah. Straight they, away. And then, like, Cougar freaks out. Like, after the, the enemy goes away, Cougar freaks out, barely lands the plane. The original script had Cougar crashing and dying. And I'm glad he lived in this one, because it would just would have cast a unnecessary shadow over the rest of the movie, I would think. I could see that, but the real reason it was lifted is because the Navy got involved in this when they were doing all the shooting, and this became more of a okay. Recruitment they didn't, they, yeah, they didn't want to see a plane crashing on an no. aircraft carrier. Yeah, like, that sense. doesn't paint a good picture. No. That's not a good way to recruit pilots. <laughs> That's, that was like a line like my friends and I would use. Like we'd go to a bar and say, you know, back when I was younger in my early twenties, I would go and approach a woman in her thirties. And if like, normally, yeah. almost 99.9% of the time, she would rebuke me. And then you get done, it's like, Cougar lost it. Turned in his wings. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's so many lines that we used to like. Uh, There's a point in college when we would watch this. And we would just use lines at the bar from this movie. And like, you could see the confusion on girls' faces. Like, what? Like, man, she doesn't know Top Gun. I, think I don't I really, think I could date her. I think I actually <laughs> used that one. Like, one time, like... Like, how'd it go last time? Well, it didn't work out very well. How's it going to go this time? Like, I'll tell you tomorrow. Yeah. Like, just get the fuck away from me. <laughs> yeah, girls. He's so... Maverick is so overly aggressive in the bar in this. Like, where he follows her in to the, to the girls' room, and you're like, what the fuck? In today's environment, you do that. You don't have a job anymore, and you probably... I don't know where you go work after that, but it's like you are not employable when you that that's sexual predator realm of yeah, like, it's, it's like, Maverick basically is a sexual predator in this movie. Yeah, he stalks her. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, it's uh but get, yeah, getting into it, he gets because Cougar drops out, he gets to go into the Top Gun school. And then like the scene where they're just showing all these like testosterone driven men where And everyone's sweaty. Yeah, every like they're all like when when Iceman Val Kilmer is like flipping his pin around his hands, like just they're and, so confident. It's he's ridiculous. like, and at one point, you know, he's chewing gum with his mouth open and everything. Yeah. And it's just like just a cocky way of like even chewing gum. He's just like, I am so fucking good at being a pilot that. Yeah, and at the beginning of this movie too, like it kind of almost gave me goosebumps when they're landing the ship and they have the music going and the ridiculous shots of these planes landing and. 
Like every shot when there there's a plane in the sky, there's a plane landing, there there's pilots and a bunch of mechanics like walking when the sun is rising. They're gorgeous. Oh yeah, it makes you I mean, you watch this movie and you want to be on an aircraft carrier, you want to be flying a jet, and you want to live on the Pacific Ocean. I, I want mean, to be surrounded by dudes. I mean, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> I want to hang out in a not in a bathroom. I want to hang out in a locker room with a towel over my waist. Yes. And just like shoot the shit with dudes for like an hour a day. You have a towel on, but you prefer to air dry. <laughs> yeah. And just be all sweaty. The thing about like people are just sweaty all the time there in this movie too. It's yeah. like, you know, in Southern California is pretty, especially right off the ocean, it's not, the climates are awesome there. That's why yeah. so many people live out there. You're not it's sweating all the time. Yeah. And yeah, we, I went you wouldn't to be like sweating go. profusely all the time. But in the desert you would, but. Yeah, when I was at San Diego, I was like, no wonder everyone's here. Like, this is, every day was like 70 degrees, no clouds. It was perfect. It was perfect. Yeah, I know. Like in Omaha, we get those days like three times a year. Yeah. Everyone goes just batshit crazy. It's like taken for granted out there in San Diego. Yeah, in Chicago, we have two seasons, winter and summer. It's either humid as shit here and rainy or it's cold as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Our, like, it's, it's amazing. Like, and right it- now... It's like 60 degrees outside here, and like this is this is like the per- our perfect weather because it's not freezing <coughs> your balls off yet, but it's also you're not sweating your balls off. <laughs> no, you're in a perfect spot here. It's nice and dry. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be just like frozen fucking solid for like four months. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's when we'll do the most podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's one thing about these, these communities like Omaha and Chicago. It's like you have to manufacture your own fun. Yeah, you have to be, have creative to be like, very creative. Yeah, we don't have beaches or mountains, so we got to be creative in how we create our fun, and a lot of it involves little hint, hint, a lot of watching Top Gun, a lot of watching Top Gun, <laughs> maybe a lot of alcohol use, and yep, yep, cheese and alcohol. <laughs> I swear that's why football is popular, is because all these rural areas is like, what the fuck else is there doing Sunday? Oh yeah, people love football. Like, yeah. well, well, especially where I'm from, I mean, people like Nebraska, of course. It's like Nebraska hasn't had a good football team in 20 years, and. But still, it's like you'd think Nebraska won the national championship like two years ago. <laughs> going to be back, baby. Nebraska's going to be good again someday. <laughs> Nebraska. Cornhuskers. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. What's, what's fun about this movie is like, yeah, he, he goes after the teacher, which we're, we were coming up with ages. We both thought Tom Cruise was probably about 24-ish. Probably, you know, he'd gotten through flight school, graduated from either a university or the Naval Academy. So he was probably 22 when he graduated. It's probably like 24, 25, maybe. Yeah. And we were thinking... Well, he'd be... Uh, no, he's, he's a lieutenant also. So that's like an O three. So he'd have been in probably four years. So it's probably 26 now when I think about it. Yeah, 26 or 27. And she was probably 31, 32-ish. Yeah, kind of that strange where she's not old, but she's kind of, you know, she's a little bit more experienced and so. Yeah. And of course, like, younger guys always talk about, th- I remember this in college too. Like, everyone wanted to, like, the, the like, college guy thing would be like, you gotta wrangle yourself a, a girl in her 30s. And like, <laughs> like, when you would say like, oh, okay, so yeah, they're just like pieces of meat that you have to like, you know, get your rope out and you know, bring them in. Like that, that's how dudes talk in college. Yeah, a lot what, of them. Yeah, and I tried doing that a bunch of times, and I was told, like, you're a fucking idiot. Go away. Yeah, it's always a rejection. It's almost just like, how fast did she reject you? Dude, it's like four seconds. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Because yeah. <laughs> college dudes are fucking idiots. Like, true idiots. That is, like, the, the dumbest time in your life. You're so dumb, you don't even understand how dumb you are. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Military, early 20s, college, early 20s, all of them. 
no se- no self-awareness at all no so like because we grew up watching this shit in the 80s and you're like all you have to be is hyper confident <laughs> yeah just like also could be that could be translated as being douchey we were douches confidence for no reason is douchebaggery yeah oh no doubt i mean that's that's you have to learn like you have to be slapped around a little yeah and so i i I i will admit when i was in my early 20s probably mid 20s even in my late 20s i mean i was probably a douchebag yeah i know i was an earlier version of myself would probably correct me like hey stop being a douchebag this is not working for you if i had to hang out with my group of friends at a bar right now I would not be at that bar. I was like, those fucking kids. That's our future. Pieces of shit. And then I'd like, oh, that was me one time. Yeah. <laughs> and now yeah. I have a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Now we get to like talk about Top Gun and that podcast. And, uh, but yeah, you know, the- yeah. So as long as we get 175 listeners, that's above average as far as podcast listenership. So we'll be fine. Everyone wants to listen to us. Maybe. Oh, oh. It, as my microphone falls. <laughs> well, the but, great thing about this media is it's opened, it's gotten rid of a lot of the gatekeepers. So it's not like some radio studio would say, oh, you two dipshits, you can have a fucking radio show for 30 minutes. We'll let you come in and record. It's like, that would never happen. We'd yeah. have to have like a broadcasting degree. But here we can just do shit on YouTube and just throw it out there. And for the, oh, yeah. like everyone, the people like it. That's cool. We're not going to be like PewDiePie or something like that. But Everyone can be quote unquote the media. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, into this when we're flying around, we're doing all like all these great shots they have, and eventually, you know, we have the volleyball scene at forty minutes. We finally get to see Meg Ryan at fifty minutes. Yes. So both of these things come so far into the movie, and then, then Goose dies at like just under an hour into this film, and. This is when I was a young man, and we used to fast forward this shit because fuck it. After Goose dies, fast forward to it the. It's kind of slow. I mean, it gets kind of slow, but there's some very impactful parts of the movie after yeah. that. Yeah. You know, Meg Ryan. You know, had she been in a lot of movies before this? I mean, she no, had no, done she some was, stuff, and this is like and she's another she one. Did. I mean, she just comes in and just nails it, I and mean, she's awesome. I mean, even that fucking kid is like a good actor, and it's like, how do you get? You can't really control a three-year-old kid and get him to do anything. Meg Ryan is America's sweetheart. Oh, she, yeah, you know, she does a great job. She even has that like ridiculous '80s like hair. Oh yeah, we call love. that's like yeah. She looks like a you know a West Omaha mom would look today in current. Time. <laughs> They're all going with the Meg Ryan Top Gun look. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> that's yeah, and then he dies. And like when and we, one of the best scenes because I could tell when we were both watching it is when he goes to Viper's house and he talks to Viper and you were mentioning the gravitas of Viper like the kind of quiet leadership. It's a quiet leadership quality he has where it's like he doesn't raise his voice but the message still gets across. Yeah, he reminds me of Lou Gossick. Like when they talk, you listen. I mean. It's a it's a different type. He of got to where he's at because of competence, and he's actually based on a real life person. And the, the guy's name is Charlie Plum. He was a POW in Vietnam. I believe he spent anywhere from five to seven years at the Hanoi Hilton. So, yeah, interesting I mean, dude. If you want to um, Google that guy, uh, listen to some interviews he's given too. It's fantastic. It's so cool that like they base you know I mean they base this off an article that someone one of the writers saw in like two years before. And where it was just about the Top Gun school. And then they're like, you know what? This would make a great movie. It would. Yeah. And it did. <laughs> you know, and then Nailed why it. they decided the Navy versus the Air Force? I mean, the Air Force has their own version of that, like the Air Force Weapons School. You know, this is the Naval Fighter Weapons School, I think is the official name of the court. They, they've 
since changed it, I believe, right? To Top Gun School? I, I remember reading that they officially changed the name. Because it's just a cooler name. I think it was somewhere in the 90s. When they were like, you know, forget this technical mumbo jumbo. We're going with Top Gun. Top Gun, that sounds right. Yeah. And they basically, I think they adopted the logo for a while. They may have changed it now. You know, trying to get a, you know, update it. But it's freaking awesome. It's yes. a great logo. And, and then, you know, he ends up, he comes back. And they win the day because we beat the maybe Russians, maybe Cubans. Maybe. I mean, no one you threw out the word Cuban today, and like I didn't realize maybe it was Cubans. But, well, know. in the original script, it was supposed to be Cubans, but then they moved it to international waters. What does that mean? That could be anywhere. Yeah, I guess that could be. So that leaves it open to your imagination. And they're flying F fives. They're flying American F fives there, by the way, too. They're. Well, that's probably the only one they could get. You can't really get your hands on like say a real life MiG twenty eight or a MiG twenty nine. I should say this. You know, the Soviet yeah. Union kept those under pretty tight wraps, I believe. So. Yeah, and, and they had their visors full down. You could never yeah. see their face. They didn't, you'd never hear them talk, so... It was very hidden, everything. But unlike, you know what? We beat un- them anyway. Unlike Iron Eagle, where it's not hidden. And they, yeah. they let you know right away who the adversary is. Brown people. Brown people. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, the, so Top Gun ends, and then she, I mean, she doesn't get with him. They kind of... They just walk off. I don't know what went on there, but it's like there was all this tension built up. And then as soon as they broke that seal, I mean, it was just, I mean, they're just on each other all the time after that. Oh, yeah. Well, that that sex scene. And she's actually based on a real person, too, an astrophysicist who's very accomplished. And that's in real life. You wouldn't do something like that, because why would you, as an instructor, jeopardize your entire career and everything you've worked for just for a little affair with some little kid there that's coming to your school? But it makes for a better movie. And, well, he was so cool. But apparently I mean, she's also given her chair. number out to multiple like men yeah, there, yeah. too. Yeah, when he quits, uh, a guy from Top Gun immediately gets on the phone, a pay, a, you know, like puts in a quarter. As soon as I hear that sound, and then he calls her, he's like, Maverick just quit. Like, how how does everyone have your number? Are you just like shelf, you know, just like well, throwing you know it what? out there? If she is a female sexual predator, though, think about it. Yeah. I think... Think yeah. about how lucrative that environment would be. If you're a sexual predator and you're female, you have like just... A procession, a buffet of hot swinging dicks coming your direction. <laughs> it's just a buffet of penis. <laughs> you know, you get as much dick as you want if you're a female sexual predator. And there, she so. moves from base to base. She does, yeah. She's taking advantage of these young men, and it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's why she's yeah. leaving the end. She's like, "Bye, Maverick. I gotta go get me another one." I've got new territory to conquer. <laughs> she's she's a modern day woman. She is the man. She's the ultimate man in this movie. I hadn't thought about it in that way, but you that is absolutely correct. That's a great talking point right there. Yeah, she's she is fucking taking advantage of these men in their mid twenties. And they think they think they're the you know, like the top guy. They're doing the conquest. She's they think actually, they're, yeah. This entire movie is about her. She's the true top gun. Wow. She's the one initiating the conquests. Yeah, she's oh how she brings an older man to the bar, so all these young guys get jealous. Oh yeah, they're just man. thinking like, oh, I can just bump this old guy out of there right away. Like, what's his name? Fucking Perry or something? <laughs> it is <laughs> Perry. Who names her? I wonder if he's in on it. Oh my god, what if they're recording what if he, it? What if they're recording it? Yeah. Oh, Perry's a dirty amateur, like voyeur sex tape guy. That's why he's so weird looking. Yeah, I'll let you come over to my house and fuck my wife. Our clickbait title of this is... We probably need to edit that part out. (laughs) (laughs) The 
shirt, the clickbait title of this is How Top Gun, you know, is like the ultimate feminist movie. Yes, thank you, internet, for allowing it, giving us this. Yes, we Giving us it. this, um... Oh, this jewel. But this is not, like, I didn't go to film school. I don't have a degree in broadcasting. I'm just a fanboy. I don't know shit about movies besides, like, this movie's good. <laughs> yeah, but we found the true message of Top Gun. Yes, possibly. And that's why yeah, they no. didn't invite her back for Top Gun 2. They're like, no, 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 we can't do this. Top Gun Maverick. This is leading in the Top Gun Maverick, by the way. So to go on a little tangent here, I would say for Top Gun Maverick, I guess the premise of Top Gun Maverick is Goose's son now goes to the Naval Top Gun School, the Fighter Weapon School. In real life, this kid would be 38 years old. And you don't yeah. bring people into pilot school when they're 38 years old. That's too old. It's gonna you got to be in your early 20s to do that or mid-20s. So... Yeah, it's probably not going to make They adjusted any the sense. timeline. Um, well, I'm matter. wondering, like, I don't know anything about the movie. I haven't watched the trailer or, or the teaser, other than Jennifer Conley's in it. Jennifer Conley's in there. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I hope it's going to be, like, because Tom Cruise is so young looking, maybe they'll hold it, like, in the early 2000s. I would hope something maybe? like that. I don't know. Yeah, it's so hard to make a sequel. I mean, so many of these have just swung and missed. A lot of these sequels from movies that were made 30 years ago. Ugh, Independence Day 2. Oh, Yuck. just my wife and we went there and we just made fun of the movie the whole time. So bad. Fucking terrible. Um, I hope yeah. this movie hits it on the nail. It's got Ed Harris in there, who's awesome. If you see Westworld, the dude's freaking amazing in that. Yeah. He's good in everything, but Westworld is great. Um Ed Harris has been acting so long, I forget how... He's got to be, I think, 95 years old. <laughs> I think it's possible. But he looks fantastic. Oh, yeah, the dude's yeah. just ripped. So we're talking movie ends, they kill a bunch yeah. of communists of some whatever flag they're under, and everyone... And, then Iceman's like, you! <laughs> yeah. You're still dangerous. But I'll fly with you I'll fly with you day. anytime. Bullshit. You're like, you can be my wingman. Bullshit, you can be mine. And it's like... That's the, that's the shit. We did that in college all the time. You can be my wingman any day. No, you can be my wingman. You can be my wingman. <laughs> I love it. And I was that oftentimes in college, too, when we weren't trying to pick up women who were 10 years older and telling us to go fuck off. I was, like, trying to be a wingman, and it's like... Being older now, um, I, I do wonder, like, what it would be like just to witness that in a bar. Like, how they're just... Well, it's weird, because I remember in college, we'd see guys like my age come in there... And you know they didn't belong. And they're all freaking wasted. Yeah. And it's like, get the fuck out of here, dudes. It's like, you old guys, get the fuck out. You know, and now I'm like older than those guys were. So I don't go to college bars anymore because they look at me and they're just like, okay, grandpa, bounce. Yeah. I'm out of there by like 930 anyway. I got to go to bed. I'm yeah. like, <laughs> it's like, I'm not there late anyway. I got to wake up tomorrow morning and take my daughter to her music class. Yeah, it's like, fuck you kids. I can buy more beer than you now. I have money. I can still drink more than those kids can, but. But I gotta go to sleep because I got responsibilities in the morning. <laughs> Going on to Iron Eagle when we pop this tape in. What's our first trailer? Das Boot. And you said you've never I've seen never that. seen that movie. Yeah. I don't even know the premise of that. It seems like they're German or they're Russian or something. It seems like a tragedy of some sort where they're in a submarine and there's water. Yeah, and I, I imagine they all die at the end. Uh I can't remember. I haven't is there, seen it. Is there some kind of monster or alien in it? I honestly probably haven't seen that in 15 years, but I just, no, no, none of that. It's war. Um, I thought it was all Germans, but I can't remember. But Well, that I, would make sense being the title being the Das Boot is like. Uns das Boot. Uns das Boot. Yeah. And my, all my German is from um, Beerfest. Beerfest. Yeah. All my German, all, all my German impressions are fake German. It's like, uns 
Und trinkt das Bier. Und trinkt das Bier. Wir trinken das Bier. We're not that drunk. Yeah. <laughs> that's my entire German. Yes. Uh, that's, and I believe we should always continue to hear Germans like that. Yes. I, when I think of Germans talk, I'm like, I think of like, you know, Super Troopers, Beer Fans. Yes. It's like, <laughs> they all talk with this. Oh, oh, how are you today? <laughs> yeah. Would you like a sausage? Would you like a sausage? Like, like who wants a mustache right? Look, he hurt his little hat. <laughs> Look at him. Like, he's got the eye of the Jew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking I love Beer Fest. We watched that a lot in college. But uh, getting back, we're going to stick this subject up. <laughs> yeah, right, here you go. Uh, yeah, his dad gets captured by a random... Uh, he gets shot down, right? Because he's yeah. like flying. They he's flying over international waters. I guess did he get off track? By did he make a mistake, or did they come out and who broke the initial? I, I, I don't know. Like, he was he was captured. I guess shot down and captured, and then they held a kangaroo court basically, and they're like, "Yeah, we found you guilty. We're gonna hang you in three days." Three days is the time. Okay, keep that in mind. Three days. <laughs> three days. So let's keep that in mind. So back to whatever base they're at. I believe is stateside base. We, we have a three-day mission here. So we get this young kid, and he's he needs someone to help him. But first, he's got to get himself into a race. He's got to get into a race. First off, he's challenged into the race by some guy goading him into this race. He's like calling him like an Air Force pussy or something. But this guy obviously is not a military member of any sort because... He's like 16 years old. He's like, you Air Force pussies can't fight and all this. And it's like, I don't know what he's trying to, what point he's trying to get across because clearly this man is not, this kid is not a member of any military service. So no, it's just, and so they, they challenge him to a race. And basically one guy is on a dirt bike and this kid, our main kid, uh, what is it? Doug Masters is in his little, little one, Cessna, little single engine, man. single, yeah. yeah, Cessna plane. And, <laughs> and they're racing through, well, I don't get it. So Doug, I guess, has to... He could race them straight on... No, no. Doug has to go through, like, the cliffs. He's got to go through the canyons and everything. Yeah, the and canyons. And the his, you know, his enemy at the time has to, like, just drive on a dirt road? Pretty much, yeah. Just on a gravel road. He drives his dirt bike on, and so it's a race. You would think the plane would probably obliterate that. Well, it depends on the yeah, wind conditions. On a straight, on a straight, yeah. on a straight line. On a straight line. I guess that's why he has to go through the canyon run. Which is that makes perfect sense. I mean, it's absolutely fucking insane, but, yeah. you know, this movie just does that. Well, I don't think it's even worse, though. Yeah, the crazy part is, is, well, at first, you know, like, Lou Gossick Jr., that's how he meets him. He's like, there's just some dude... Who's just, like in his his engine? Just working on his engine, and he sees these. Oh kids. no, no! It's the gas. He like changes his combination of gas. Oh yeah. And then we find out when he crashes at the end of the race that the kid he was racing against, or or his friends, something like that, sabotaged his oil. He sabotaged line? it. Yeah, sabotaged his plane. That's that's fucking murder. Yeah, you're. And he crashes too. And the, the only reason I guess he lives is because he's a good pilot i don't know i don't but, know but like, then, then, then i think lewis gossett talks earlier about like how somebody else had died trying to do this and he's just like oh these kids are gonna go do this fucking death race and i'm yeah, not gonna, cool with I'm, it. The, I'm the adult here you know and like i'm not gonna do anything i'm like these kids go like yeah. fucking kill themselves and like and the one kid like sabotages his fucking plane and it's like that's 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 murder that's that's yeah. you go to fucking jail that's that's, that's felony like hey. i was saying i i had started counting all the felonies in this movie and I lost count after like five minutes. Yeah, it was pretty funny to see 
you over there, you're like, oh my god, you can't do this. Oh my god, you can't do that. You're he like, steals that sign and puts it on his door. Like, they will fucking shoot you and kill you for yeah, trying to steal that. sign? It was... It was like, use of deadly force authorized. Yeah, something. And like, you can't steal those. They will fucking kill you if you try to do that. Yeah, I was just smiling the entire time because you're so frustrated. You're like, oh my god, you can't do that. You oh, can't we'll just, that. We'll just keep going here, too. Yeah. It's like there's later on where they simulate a terrorist attack on a hangar, and it's like oh, they're laughing shit. about that it. Is <laughs> they're fucking nice. laughing about it. It's like, no, you would fucking die. Yeah, so the note I took was like, this guy keeps calling Doug a pussy for wanting to go to the U.S. Air Force Academy, but doesn't specify his branch, if any, of service at all. Yeah. He's just like some kid with like long hair. He's like, yeah, man, anyone who serves in the military is a fucking pussy. Like, yeah. What? That's, Notcher, yeah, yeah. Notcher. Notcher's Notcher. a fucking psychopath. He's a fucking serial killer. Those kids are, are crazy. Like, and he gets punched, and then, then Doug punches him, and he just kid goes down, just like just like that, just collapses like a house of cards. See when he gets punched in the face one time. And we forgot to mention like the little thing in this movie is like when Doug is like getting his fly on, he tapes a, a cassette player to his thigh. And then rocks out. Yeah, he's, I can't fly without my music. Yeah, and this movie reminds me so much of, like, Over the Top, where they just plug it with rock and roll music after rock, like, just every, just every oh, other, like, yeah. uh, song in this. And Some we get the Tina no- Turner. Oh, Jesus, and we start this movie. Let me go back to these notes here that I wrote. So, Lewis, jo- Lewis Gossett Jr. is aware of what they call the snake race. Because snake they snake race. through the canyon. Yeah. And he's totally okay with it. But you understand these kids yeah. are probably going to die. But he's okay. You know, whatever. Kids, well, it's like legendary. Kids will do what they do. Dad gets shot down. The family is instantly alerted. And then everyone on base knows like within five minutes that okay, yeah. that, that, that doesn't happen. This That's not how it news spreads so fast. They and not... they let the kid in. Remember? Yeah, he goes. So their operation, that's called OPSEC, operational security, is just so laughably inept. That he walks into what's called an SCI facility, a secure compartmentalized information facility, and you don't don't walk into one of those places well, because my like, dad is like, and then and then he goes up to the colonel, and, and he's he, like, I know he's fine, he's fine, and the colonel's like, you know, I'm gonna tell you all this stuff, you know, and like as soon as you leave here, don't tell anyone, and, and what does he do? Everyone. As soon as he walks out, he tells everyone. Everyone knows but the mom, right? Yeah, everyone knows what's going on. It's like everyone on base apparently knows that their dad was captured and shot down, and it's like. Within like five minutes of all this happening, and that it's just like uh, you immediately broke all these rules. Yeah, there's like the, all the military protocol, all the security protocols were immediately. I mean, they make it look like this big clown show, and, and trust me, it is not. That is not how operational security is very serious at those but levels. Don't and, worry, it gets worse. <laughs> this movie gets crazier when it comes to like all this. Shit oh yeah, it does get worse. Do. Yes, yes. So then, Lugasic. Basically, after he survives this crash, decides to recruit this kid to go save his father. And what's the story behind that? Why is he going to save uh, Ted Masters? Ted Masters? Well, because Ted Masters, I think they had come across him, and Ted Masters said a bunch of racist shit towards him. And then he realized, oh, he's a colonel, so I'm not going to be racist anymore towards him. And he's like, oh, your dad's a good man. Well, it's like, was he being racist, or was like other people disrespecting him, and then your dad... Was the only man who like, but that he. But he only stood up for him because he was a colonel, though. He's a colonel. Yeah, if like, it was this a, is a colonel, man. You yeah, know, so it's like. I don't know. I don't really, I don't really follow the logic there. Well, I mean, you got to kiss some ass to get ahead. I guess so. But Luke Gossick Jr. It's funny. He's so much better than this role. You know what I mean? Like, if he's so smart, Chappie. Chappie Sinclair. Chappie Sinclair. If he's so smart. 
why the fuck is he going out of his way? There's no way you could pull this shit off. I, I love how this this screenplay is clearly written by someone who has no idea how the military works. Well, and then Doug, at one point, he just there's a security checkpoint. He just bolts right past it. Yeah. Goes right into the classified area. Gets access to highly classified information from a colonel. And is told to keep it secret. And the first thing he does when he gets out of the room is leak it to all of his friends. And for some reason, all these little high school friends, all of his friends, all these high school kids, have access to highly classified information. Well, what's hilarious is like how they all go in there and just like they're a high school group. We've got we've got the nerd who knows everything about computers. Yes, he knows everything. He's like 15 and he knows computers. We've got the girls who are basically like giggling their way to get all this information. They're like, yeah. thanks, dad. <laughs> and they're like stealing all this shit. And then you've got like the the one kid that like I thought he was going to be the wisecracking like token black guy. I don't know what he does. I feel like they wanted to use him that way. Then someone's like, you know, maybe we, maybe we should just make him a normal person. Yeah. As you know, most people are normal. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, can we just... And then he helps him. He's the one that has the firecrackers, right? I think he does help him that simulate the terrorist attack on yeah. the hangar. So we do that. And then he's shot down. And they take a real cheap shot at Jimmy Carter... Who, by the way, and Jimmy Carter actually sanctioned Operation Eagle Claw, which is a rescue operation of our hostages in, in Iran. It was, it was kind of railroaded by a sandstorm. Personally, I felt that it was a real cheap shot directed at President Carter. So then we cut to a mosque. Of course, there's got to be a mosque there where some guy yeah. going like doing like oh, morning yeah. prayers and They're everything. Doing their morning prayers. Which is just called a prayer. You just go and you're you thankful that you lived another day, which is okay. Damn it, Brad! You better fear these brown people. And you better hate all these. They're brown different. People. So we cut to a mosque. It's an English guy playing a Middle Eastern dictator. Yeah, who's I love I love reading this story of um, David um, Suchet in this, who's like a famous British actor, but his parents are Southern African who moved to London, and he's you know basically a London actor who's been there forever, who has Russian descent, playing a Middle Eastern like Middle uh, Eastern dictator. Yeah, Ministry of Defense. So they didn't even make him. A dictator. He was Colonel. Oh, the, oh, the Ministry of Defense and putting yeah. on the kangaroo court. Like, yep. Colonel Akar Nakash. Nakesh. Almost the same. Remember that guy from the Iraq War, the last one, where he was like, "Everything is fine. We are winning. We're good." He was kind of that role, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But he was—he was the one constantly just like yelling stuff. He's just like, "Kill the Americans!" Yes, kill the Americans because like if we get slow, just like bring some guy on there in Arabic, like yeah. kill the Americans. Like, yeah, kill the brown people. We're going to fight them. This is like basically like a wrestling class. They're like <laughs> how to like get your audience excited. Put brown people, even if they're not real brown people, on TV doing Muslim prayer. And then uh, make them say, that to America. Yeah, so I think this really, I think that foreign country that they're alluding to is really an allegory for Iran at the time. Probably. So that was one of the things I came away with. There's a dance scene anywhere. It's kind of like the Air Force's version of like trying to copy Top Gun. There's a nerdy kid who somehow knows everything that's going on inside of our theoretical nation of Iran somehow. He gets a ridiculous amount. I I love in 80s films, like when you have this, the computer kid who fills out and then he prints out a ridiculous amount of information. And then throughout the movie, they're, uh, you know, the old printers where they're looking how it's all like uh, fold stacked. So they're like lifting it up and they're like reading information and, and taking their like colored pencils and like <laughs> underlining well, the important stuff. Yeah. And then I remember I took a note here too. I find it funny or not so funny 
all these kids get together in their little bunker, and they get together and they decide to, in essence, launch an attack against a Soviet proxy, which, that was start World War III. Thank, nice job, guys. Did they steal an F-15? What was it? An F-16. F-16, that was, yeah. And they call, they call that place a shitty little country. Uh, yeah, when they steal the, all this information, they're putting all this uh, these plans together, and this is all happening in a span of basically two days, because the third day yeah. is the rescuing of Dad. Yeah, so to get there, like Louis Gossett Jr. just happened to just walk into the training facility one day. He's like, I don't just want to fly the simulator. You just don't walk in there and start flying the simulator. No flight gear. He's just going to fly. You know, just wearing his whatever uniform, retired, whatever. Remember his tape player his, his tape player. His and then, like, he comes up and salutes some major. Well, a colonel doesn't salute a major in the real military. And I saw that, and that was a little bit... Oh, and also, in that video, the music video that um, King Cobra does, mm-hmm. he's wearing, like, colonel insignia on his shoulders, but, like, a major insignia on his hat. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's like, two ranks difference. That's The who, people who wrote this film and put it together, like, probably had no military background. At least, at least Top Gun went out of their way to have the Navy involved in the writing of the film. I'm assuming Iron Eagle started shooting the film, and then they're like, "Hey, by the way, can we associate the Air Force to this?" And they're like, "Hell yeah!" We're the Air Force is like, "At first, Navy. yeah, they're like, we got to beat the Navy," and then they saw it, and they're like, "Oh fuck, no, no we're out, we're out." <laughs> yeah, this is a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. You can you can have some of our like stock footage and all that shit. You can pay us money, but we don't want anything to do with this. So at some point throughout this kid's life, Colonel Masters has been sneaking his kid on board a plane and letting him fly. And then yep. he berates the kid after the kid does stupid shit because he's like, you know, 14 years old. It's like, well, you're the one dumb shit who brought a kid on a fucking, you know, $35 million airplane. Yeah, this is your fault. And you steal the plane. They stole this plane. Didn't they also get a uh, mid-air fueling? Yeah. How'd yeah, they, they, how'd they arrange them. for that? They tricked them somehow. I don't remember. But they get a mid-range fueling because they're going from wherever. I guess they're in California, right? So they got to fly from California to the Middle East somewhere. Middle That's East. a long freaking flight. So. so they get a mid... You're going to have several aerial refuelings in that way. So well, By the way, you can't fly over China. China's not going to let you fly. How the fuck... You don't fly over China. You're just flying over the Atlantic, I would think. You fly... I bet okay. they flew over the Atlantic you in that. Yeah. fly over the U.S. Somehow you get past all you gotta, this. You got to like, probably refuel. You get over from... the Atlantic. You go through probably North Africa, I would maybe say you probably flew through, like I'd say you flew through like German airspace, probably yeah. through... German, French. Yeah, you're probably doing an Italian, arc, yeah. And then you're going down. You got to clear that shit with those guys too. I mean, if they, you just can't fly unidentified aircraft over sovereign nations' airspace, they'll shoot you fucking down. They're, um, they're they're going through. They're flying. They get the the refueling, and they go straight in. But what blows my mind is Chappie ends up recording a bunch of cassettes to tell Doug. You know, because he knows he's going to die. Oh, yeah, by the way, they steal yeah. two planes. They steal two planes, yeah. Chappie's flying one and Doug's flying the other, so neither of them have co-pilots. So this is nothing like Top Gun. No. So they're flying two planes mm-hmm. separately, fully loaded. From a training base, you typically don't have a bunch of fully loaded, combat-ready aircraft sitting there. Just I don't know how they got the guys to put all the strap all the missiles on there, but you know, you just don't... Walk up with some dude on the flight line and be, hey, can you put some missiles on my airplane? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, we don't uh, keep track of those at all. Yeah, nobody, <laughs> like, no, nobody keeps there. track of those. So, yeah, so they commandeer two aircraft. They fly from California to somewhere in the Middle East. They had multiple aerial refuelings that they had to arrange for. They somehow fly over Allied airspace without getting shot down. Oh, yeah, by the way, we, we should talk about also... 
Uh, so where did they go to the bathroom? So I guess like you were telling me about long-term flights like this. What happens? I think there's like little piss bags you have yeah. for that. So They don't go through that in this movie. But no, when don't. you told me, I was like, oh my god, it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> They're like wearing adult diapers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then they yeah. go into it. And we immediately get into this whole like, you know, killing the brown people, shooting down the... Yeah. They had like... Yeah, uh, well, yeah, well, going back to the planning too, there's another yeah. note I took where... They walk in, there's this master sergeant sitting there, and she's got all this classified information on her computer and sitting out on her desk, and like that nerdy kid walks in, just right into the facility, just walks right up, and she gets up and is like, I'm going to go to the bathroom right now, and he just like sits there and just steals everything. <laughs> and, like... Yeah, he steals everything. It's just, it's glorious how these kids pull this Oh, off. and then they also like basically promise sexual favors for a security guard with like a underage girl. Basically, that, they're telling him, like, we will trade access to a secure area for sex with my sister, who is underage, which is, that's a felony. They're strolling around the vault unaccompanied. They steal a bunch of classified information. They simulate, basically, a terrorist act on a, on a hangar. We've talked about yeah. that. All sounds completely legal to me. I don't know what you're talking about. They play some James Brown in this movie. Oh, yeah, we get Tina Turner and James Brown, yeah. Well, and at one point, Doug takes a bunch of... Uh, highly classified dossier into a bar and just openly opens it and yeah. just reads it to Chappie. <laughs> when they're having Italian food. Yeah. I can have Italian food when I'm thinking. A bunch of things must have gone wrong if you're listening to this. Whatever happened, I know you must be real scared. I wouldn't blame you if you wanted to head for home. Maybe if I was you, I'd want to make a flat-out run for Helicon Air Force Base in Greece. Right now, Probably filled with all the doubts in the world. But I'm gonna tell you something, Doug, baby. God does To skip over all the like technical stuff because I mean you could list off all the things they fuck up on all day. But when they like what blows my mind, I think this blew your mind too. So Chappie knows he's probably gonna die. He does die, and then Doug's on his own. And he's listening to the tapes. Then he lands the plane on the strip in this land. While all these guns are there, picks up his dad from a jeep, puts him onto the plane, and somehow takes off before anyone can blow his ass up. Yeah, just like one sniper would finish that. Yeah, like immediately, like you would think. There's no way. And before that too, they were torturing Doug's dad. Remember, it's like I can't believe how tough you are. You're American. It's like you Americans so tough. You were so tough. It's like I know it was like Americans are tougher than brown people. Yeah. Well, I mean. Of course. Yes. We defeat the red. We defeat the brown people. America's on top, buddy. That's why we got Trump as president. We're fucking back. America's finally winning again. Finally winning again. This is something that like I could see people playing nowadays where they're just like, that's that's when America used to win their wars. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, what are you talking about? This is fake. He lands, tells a Chappie tells a story, which basically is open his Obi Wan Kenobi kind of knockoff thing there a bunch of things must have gone wrong if you're listening to this whatever happened i know you must be real scared i wouldn't blame you if you wanted to head for home maybe if i was you i'd want to make a flat-out run for helicon air force base in greece right now you're probably filled with all the doubts in the world but i'm going to tell you something Doug, baby. god doesn't give people things he doesn't want them to use He's attacking refineries, which was actually a sewage treatment plant, looks like. But he's, it looks like they'll be importing all their oil this year. He lands, rescued his dad. The Migs are approaching. Colonel Nakesh has a guy land, jumps in his plane, and chases Doug. 
At that point, Doug would have been like 300 miles away. But they go after they dogfight, and yeah. of course, Doug kills Colonel Nikesh in a dogfight because that's always going to happen. And oh yeah, that's right, he does. He kills the guy in a dogfight. And somehow they're on the same communication channel too, and they're talking shit to each other over the radio. Let's see. I, I don't know how much fuel these fighters have, but it really seems like he's fighting a long. It takes a lot of fuel. Time. It takes a lot of fuel to launch an aircraft. Yeah. And then somehow doesn't America know it? Like they this somehow kid... know they're fighting, so they come. And they, yeah. like, fly with him into victory. And then the, the fucking trial at the end where we, I mean, basically, their whole story is Chappie somehow survives. He survives his crash landing Which in the sea. Which cracks me out because it reminds me of Jurassic Park 3, where the one kid is, like, attacked by all the dinosaurs, and at the very end, the military comes in, they're like, we found your friend, he's alive. And you're like, what? How? Yeah. <laughs> but they're just like... Trust us. Movie magic. Yes. <laughs> and Chappie's alive, and then he's in, like... Duess Machina at this point. Yeah, he's in the, and they're sitting there, they're like, I don't know, what are we going to do with him? Chappie's like, you should punish him by letting him join the Air Force! Let him join the Air Force, go to the Air Force Academy. <laughs> it's fucking, it's so funny how, like, these kids break all these laws, they almost start World War Three, and the very end, his punishment is what he always wanted. What he wanted, yeah. <laughs> what he couldn't accomplish before. And that actually, he after he committed, like, just it's an so innumerable list of crimes, then he gets actually what he wanted. So let's, if you're listening at home, kids, it's just like... If you're white... If you want something, if you're white... confident. White and confident and have it access... It should come to you even if you break all the rules. Yes. I mean, I think this is how we can make America great again. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking... It's ridiculous. This and, and I love it. I, I know I actually don't like this film that much. I thought I, I loved it. I, I was gonna I, I was gonna take a it. big shit on the soundtrack, but you know what? It's like fuck it. I like you know I like Tina Turner. Yeah. I mean King Cobra. Are they like a garage? I don't know what. I don't know what they are. I don't know. I don't know what that video is about, but it's like they're. I bet they're regretting not getting Kenny Loggins. I can tell you that. It's just I'm him. I mean, but how are you gonna compete with Paramount? I mean, Paramount was pouring money into. But they still spent more a bit money. More money, than Paramount. yeah. Paramount's got to be laughing all the way to the bank because they made like three hundred something million dollars in nineteen eighty six, and then we look over at Iron Eagle and they they made twenty four million dollars. Oh yeah. Which we should now go into what was coming out at the same time because we looked up the the box office numbers, and when you look at Iron Eagle, they came out in January, which is usually Hollywood dumping month. I don't know if it was at this point in the 80s. I don't really know. I don't know if they had the analytics of that time. They probably had some yeah. kind of analytics going on. But yeah, there's not a lot of... You see Troll up there with number six. But there's not a lot of memorable titles here I on mean, this list. I mean, they were beaten number one. Oh, Clan of the Fucking Cave Bear. I saw that movie. Yes. <laughs> I love how all the titles you see, you're like, that one. <laughs> but yeah, it was beaten by Down and Out in Beverly Hills. That made $62 million. I have no I have no memory of I that movie at all. that's a Haan movie. Oh, damn. Yeah, I don't know, whatever. Uh, But then you look at Top Gun in May of 86, and it was competing with Cobra. Cobra, Poltergeist 2, Short Circuit. That's a good movie also with, like, Johnny Five. Yeah, and then, I I mean, anytime you can beat Cobra. (laughs) No, it it not only beat Cobra. It beat Stallone. It, it, it like, tripled it. Cobra in um, May of 86 made $49 Top Gun in May of '86 made 176 million. That's everybody, including myself, going to the movie and watching it and just falling in love with it. 
Yeah. Well, if you beat 80 Stallone, I mean, you've got something right because 80 Stallone was untouchable. Plus, Cobra played like five times a day because they made the movie like 80 minutes long. Yeah. Just keep playing it over and over. (laughs) Top Gun is great. Iron Eagle, there's something. Like, some of the soundtrack's good, but honestly, the story is so bizarre. And I really thought I would like this a lot more. But it's so absurd that it's more funny, entertaining. Yeah, it's like it. a it's like a parody that doesn't understand it's a parody. No, it has no clue. You know, there were some funny things that we can always laugh about. How many laws they broke? How, like how they have a British guy playing an Arabian, you know, or whatever they have. I, we're just gonna say Iranian. I mean, Iranian. I think it's a yeah. proxy for Iran. It's like you don't, yeah. you, you just don't commandeer an aircraft and attack a, a Soviet proxy. Well, they do. They do. <laughs> in this in movie magic. Uh, but Top Gun is far superior. That's the way you should do it. It's so cool. Top Gun, and not only is it beautifully shot, it's just cool. I think I've alluded to this several times already throughout this podcast, but I cannot imagine a single actor being a different... You know, I can't imagine a single, a single different actor in any of those roles than they play in that movie. They're all iconic. I completely agree with you. Everything. I don't have anything else to say. Top Gun is a perfect movie. For it did exactly what it needed to do. It shaped my life. <laughs> it's the most inspirational thing you've ever watched. Possibly. <laughs> and it's fucking beautiful. Yes, it is a great movie. Watch it. Get it. Own it. Rent it. Own it. All right. We're going to move on to the museum. This is the second time I've had to reclaim my property from you. That belongs in a museum. So do you. This is the part of the show where we put something in the museum. We go out in the film jungle. We bring something back, good or bad. Uh, it's a little rough. We've never done two movies at a time. So uh, I'll see, you know what you're doing. Do you want to start? I, I was just just right off the top of my head. I'm thinking the museum needs to go. The, the volleyball scene where Slider goes like. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. He's just flexing all of his greasy muscle. Sweat. He's all sweaty and greasy and everything. That's got to go in the museum. Apart Uh, from everything else. Yeah, I'm going to go positive too. Uh, I love the logo of Top Gun. I always have. I I think it is one of those things I remember in the video store. We would rip Top Gun all the time. And then finally, my parents. Because my dad, you know, this is the kind of thing that my dad could watch. He's just like, fuck yeah, Merc. He's like, pop this shit in. It's always good. But... Honestly, what's funny about this is even though it's it's pure testosterone, military fuel testosterone, all this shit, when you actually watch Top Gun, it is one of the most beautiful shot movies that like it comes to mind. It is it is one of my favorite Tony Scott movies. Well, you it's watch that movie, beautiful. you watch it, you want to be on an aircraft carrier, you want to live on the Pacific Ocean, you want to be flying an airplane after you watch that movie. It's just it's so cool. So cool. And you want to listen to Kenny Loggins all the time, too. And it's like, Fuck yeah. Let's go get on our motorcycles and go listen to Kenny Loggins. Oh, we can listen to Kenny Loggins right now. (laughs) We don't even need motorcycles. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That'll wrap it up for this week. You can catch us on iTunes. Now on YouTube, we're recording videos. Uh, Yeah, you know all the uh, Podbean. You've got the internet. Just search us. Analog Jones and the Temple of Film. Uh, Communicate on our Facebook and I think in January, December or January, most likely January, we're going to do Listener Submitted Month. So get your emails ready. Send it to analogjonestof at gmail.com. And once again, 
thank one of our biggest fans from Omaha, Brad, for coming on. Brad, you get the last words. Go. You're welcome, America. (laughs) Remember to be kind. Rewind. You are still dangerous. You can be my wingman anytime. Bullshit. You can be mine.